welcome to The Well Podcast. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and give you practical ways to strengthen your relationships. To find out more, visit thewell.ca. Good morning. Well, it is so good to be with you. My name is Angela. If we have not met, I'm part of the Vaughn campus. And I am just tickled pink to be kicking off the Advent series for our church body. Uh, if you don't know me, you maybe don't know just how big of an anticipator I am. I have had a countdown on for Christmas for more than, well, let's just say it was in the triple digits. <laughs> Christmas and me are buddies. And so this is like super fun to be part of this Advent uh, experience for our church body. But I also recognize that Christmas can be complicated, not just uh, (laughs) for like difficult years, but the dynamics of Christmas can be really complicated. And so I wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. And yet also, I'm really glad that we are actually traveling an adventure (laughs) together because Advent speaks to the hope, the joy, the love, and the peace of the Christmas season. But it also gives space for the grittiness of Christmas. In the Christmas origin origin story, there is plenty of grit. (laughs) There is plenty of complication. And yet Advent reminds us that God shows up, that Advent reminds us that the joy and the hope and the peace of Christmas are not squished because it's complicated or because this Christmas had factors to it that we weren't expecting. And so we're going on an adventure as a church body, and I'm just so excited to be kicking it off. Uh, So uh, you might guess that if I am a big anticipator, that I am drawn to things like Hallmark. (laughs) And it is a love-hate relationship for me. So I am probably not the only one in this space that has a temptation towards puffy kinds of hope. It's the reason why I turn on the Hallmark Channel at Christmas. I have certain things that I am hoping to relish in as I anticipate Christmas. And yet I find, and maybe this isn't you, but I find that I turn Hallmark off sometimes because I'm annoyed that it is painting this idyllic picture that is not at all in tune with my reality. There is a big difference between puffy hope and the hope that is gritty that we see in the Christmas story. So let's do it. Let's lean into this Christmas story because there are things that we get to glean about what it means to have real hope this Advent season. What I'd like to do instead of us reading it together with you reading it on the screen and me reading it out loud is I'd actually like to pretend as though we are settled into the children's department in a library for story time. Would you, if you're comfortable, even just close your eyes, get comfortable in your seat if it's possible, and let's read this Christmas story together. It comes out of Luke 2. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah 
That's David's town for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and lied him in a manger because there was no room for them in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watchers over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, well, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that's meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town. A savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket laying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the highest heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all of these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. That story, I love that it's told through the sheep herder's lens, and it's such a happy and beautiful thing. But like, woven in underneath between those direct lines about all of the angels showing up and all of the letting loose and partying, in between that is this narrative of Mary and Joseph having to travel at an incredibly inconvenient time under complicated circumstances, having a baby in less than ideal circumstances. There are a few missed expectations happening in this Christmas story. So I'd like to take just a minute because who has not had something uh, that had missed expectations interrupt one of their Christmas celebrations? I'd like to take a moment and have you share with your neighbor one of your worst Christmas disappointments or disasters even. I mean, those things happen for real. Whether it's a present you didn't receive, it was a present you did receive, but you didn't know what to do with once you got it. Whether it's an extended family that came into town and extended your blood pressure limits. Would you just take a minute and laugh together, if it's possible, about some of your worst Christmas disappointments or disasters? So it turns out uh, we have a little bit of uh, complication in Christmas amongst us. I hope that this is one of those things where misery loves company and even just telling the story brings a little bit of joy because it's in the rearview mirror. But man, this story, the origin story of Christmas has just all kinds of those kinds of complications written all over it. And they needed the same thing that we need when it comes to our missed expectations. We need God to show up. 
And Advent, it's just a reminder across the board, this story is filled with God showing up, most notably in the baby. That's usually where we use the word Emmanuel, God with us, most obviously there. But today, I want to focus in on those sheep herders because I think there is stuff in their story that helps us move from this temptation to puffy hope into the gritty kind of hope. And what I'd like to do is picture those sheep herders inside of like a snow globe where we take different lenses in looking at their experience in order to glean what we can out of their story. So right off the bat, one of the things that you can see in that story is that God shows up to the shepherds. And God shows up like super unexpected. Everybody did not see this coming that God would show up to these shepherds. However, God showed up how everybody might have expected God to show up in the form of an angel. So like, all right, so God shows up and we can see this is like an expected thing. In fact, though, when I when I think about the fact that like nobody expected the shepherds to be the recipients of an angelic choir, I love to picture it from the lens of the angels. Like you've just been in heaven watching the God of the universe into the body of a baby and you're still marveling at the reality that the God of the universe is living and breathing in baby form but lying in a you know you're having this moment where it's like just awe and wonder and also like what are you up to God and then you get the call hey the boss wants to see you and you are an angel on assignment like oh we get to announce the baby's birth oh my gosh what a great job and then they're like by the way you see those shepherds down there like there you go that's who it is No, you would have expected an angelic choir to show up at the baby's site, maybe announcing it to the baby's parents. (laughs) Like, nobody saw this coming. But least of all, the shepherds themselves. Did they know (laughs) that they were God's emissaries? I don't think so. In the text, what you see is like, we have to go see this for ourselves. They don't actually expect this to be a miraculous thing that is happening through them. They did not wake up that morning having any indication that they were going to play a part in the origin story of Christmas. They simply were doing their mundane, gritty jobs and out comes an angelic choir. But I think when you stop and like put yourself into a sheep herder's maybe sandals, I don't mean, you know, (laughs) shoes of some sort, you realize that why, why don't we expect God to show up to sheep herders? Why do we expect God to show up just to the fancy people or just to the people who have pivotal roles? We have this expectation and my guess would be the shepherds did too. They discounted themselves in a way of like, wait, us? We're like, what is happening right now? They were terrified even. And I wonder if we also find ourselves in the shepherd's sandals, where we discount ourselves for one reason or another. I'm not important enough. I'm not well known enough. Does God even see me? Maybe you've never had God show up to you before. Maybe you've heard the stories of God showing up to other people and you've wondered why you haven't had that experience. Or you've even maybe sat with envy at the stories that you hear other people. Or you have a spot in your head that says God shows up to pastors. Like I I find myself with these same narratives. There's a story that we tell ourselves that often discounts us as the recipients of God's attendance, 
God's presence. But the Christmas story, this beautiful story, tells a different story. This story tells the story of God showing up, and maybe not to who we think, but that God is in it across the board. God shows up. And in this case, God showed up to the shepherds, and it totally changed their story. It didn't just change the story of their lives because now they know personally the Savior, the Master and Messiah that they had been waiting for. It, I think it changed their story about themselves. I think it changed the story that they tell themselves about God. When God shows up, it is impactful and it changes us. And I wonder, what would it look like if we lived in anticipation that God would show up to us? What if we took that Christmas buzz that so many of us carry, and also, in addition to looking forward to all of the sentiment, we began to look in anticipation for God to show up, not if, but where and when. And we took our child curiosity And we lived this Advent season in expectation and anticipation that God will show up to us. Oh, I love that picture of Christmas. This is the the kind of hope that goes well beyond the ideal, that makes space for mixed expectations, and yet God's still to show up. So then I want to go to a different spot on that snow globe where we've got those sheep herders inside. I want to go to a different spot. And this is a little less. When we read the text, it's obvious that God showed up to the shepherds. What we might be tempted to miss is that God showed up through the shepherds. Not just so that they would show up in our Christmas story as we read the text, but pull back for just a second and consider the story of Mary and Joseph. So Before Mary is pregnant, an angel shows up to Mary and Joseph in different ways and lets them know, hey, (laughs) going to be unusual, but don't worry. I'm in this. This is the God of the universe coming as a savior to the world. Don't worry. We got this. And yet in in at least the scripture, there's no indication that any more angels showed up, no more special dreams to help them. There's nine full months of gestation and worry and preparation. What does that feel like to know you are responsible for keeping the God of the universe alive through infancy in the ancient world? What does that feel like to know you are the parenting influence for the God of the universe through toddlers and teenagers? They had to have been pondering all of these things during those nine months. And yet there's no indication that God came back over and over and over again to say, hey, I know you're worried. I know this is big. I know you're probably scared, but I am with, the, I am with you in this. I wonder, are there times, especially when they found out they had to participate in the census and travel at the end of her pregnancy, they can do the math. <laughs> they are probably concerned Maybe even they despaired when it was becoming obvious that she was going to give birth to this baby away from home and in a hostel. Oof. I wonder if they despaired. 
And so here are these shepherds who have had this like really cool encounter with angels and all they're thinking is we got to go see this for ourselves. But what it turns out is that God showed up through the shepherds to Mary and Joseph. I wonder as they sat in that hostel contemplating all the things that were happening in their world, the shepherds show up and whatever they were feeling, they knew that God was with them because the shepherds had shown up. God showed up through the shepherds to Mary and Joseph. I love the picture that the scriptures paint when they say Mary pondered all of these things deep in her heart. Like, this moved Mary. This was no ordinary, what, you're like infringing on my privacy as I've had a newborn baby. Like, no, she knew this was important. This was a tangible reminder that God was with them through this and had their back. But it wasn't miraculous. The shepherds simply followed their curiosity, simply did the next logical thing. And just by showing up, they completely changed the story for Mary and Joseph. I don't know the various ways that Mary and Joseph leaned into their faith to remain calm in the face of such circumstances, but I do know that when the shepherds came, it moved them. So by God showing up through the shepherds, it changed the story again. Here's a pattern that I'm seeing as we talk our way through this snow globe look on those sheep herders. God's job is to show up. We cannot control that. We cannot make that happen. We cannot do that for God. God's job is to show up. Our job is to look for it and to note it when it happens. That's it. That's our job. So what if, what if we lived in anticipation that God is going to show up? maybe to us, maybe through us, but we lived in anticipation that God's going to do God's job and we're just going to do our part in anticipating. So I'm going to pull over for a second right here and talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that comes up for me when I consider the miraculous like impact that the sheep herders had when they showed up. You know, we read other parts of the story and like the travelers from the east came bearing gifts. Well, that makes good logical sense. Uh, Mary and Joseph had an incredible role to play in this baby's life. Like the things that others in this story did were, were uh, logical and notable and important. And I wonder if we discount the power of just showing up for each other. Just showing up. You know, here's the shepherds. They just showed up. God is now present and tangible to Mary and Joseph. Here's the baby Jesus. Baby Jesus is needy, like, is a baby, is needy and, like, helpless. And yet that is God's presence showing up. Like, we don't need to necessarily do a ton of stuff in order to, to be God showing up to other people. So this begs the question, who might we show up to this Christmas season? I think in terms of advocacy a lot, and so the thought that comes to mind is, who needs my solidarity? I have a tendency to downplay showing up until I think of it as like solidarity. Those shepherds showed up, and in their solidarity with this miracle story that was unfolding, they made an impact to Mary and Joseph. 
So I'd like to spend just a minute leaning into our spiritual imagination. That might not be a term that you're familiar with, but imagination it is. And this is just us inviting God into our imaginations. So if you're comfortable, I would love to have you actually get more comfortable in your chair and even close your eyes. I'm going to slow down my pace of speech and I'm going to give you a few prompts. And I would love it if you would take your mind's eye and just travel where these prompts lead and invite God into your imagination to just chat. I mean, this is a form of prayer. It's different than maybe our usual form. But I'd like to take just a moment to wander with God through each of our unique imaginations. So if you close your eyes, we're going to ask God who might need us to show up for them this Christmas. Might be helpful for you to picture you in a space that you feel safe in where you can totally relax and picture whatever image you have of what God might look like in that space with you. All right, God, we're wondering who in our family might need us to show up for them. Showing up might be what might mean being more present. It might be being, you know, away from work a little bit more and just physically present with our family. It might be somebody in our family who actually needs our encouragement through this adventure season. It might be somebody in our family who sits at a very different position in our family than we do, and it might be a precarious position for them where the family dynamics are difficult and they need our solidarity in order to feel safe to engage with the family's Christmas experience. As you scan your family, you might discover you need you to show up for you. It might be you making intentional choices to slow down this holiday. It might be you having boundaries so that you don't violate yourself in the process of running what can sometimes be a gauntlet of a Christmas season. You might show up to you by just simply offering self-compassion and grace and being gentle to yourself this holiday season. All right, God, we're going to ask if you would show us if there is maybe a coworker who needs us to show up for them. Is there somebody in our workspace who could use encouragement? Maybe even anonymous cards and notes of encouragement to carry through this Christmas season. Somebody who could just use a compliment, a way of us saying, I see you, a simple invitation. <laughs> Is there somebody in our work sphere that you'd bring to mind that we could show up for? We could be your tangible presence to. God, it might be somebody in our home group 
somebody in our home group that needs to feel included, that we could do things to increase their sense of belonging. It might be somebody in our home group that needs an invitation. We open ourselves with your posture of abundance and inclusion, inviting your input into our imagination as we consider. All right, God, we scan our neighborhood. Are there people in our physical proximity, maybe even people whose names we don't know, whose simple eye contact, a wave, a question of interest, could be a way that we have you show up to them this Christmas? Is there anybody you'd like to bring to mind? We're open. We want to hear you. And then, God, my closing prayer for us is that by tuning into the Advent season in this way, looking for you to show up to us or through us, that you would open our eyes to the nameless stranger, to the cashier at the grocery store, to the person we're passing on the sidewalk. Would you help us recognize the opportunity in these moments to our hearts into your work in the world? Help us see people the way that you see people. Give us the ability to not discount ourselves as your partners in this work in the world and protect us from the prejudices that make us surprised that angel out, angelic choirs would show up to sheep herders. <laughs> Wipe our assumptions clean. Step into our imaginations and open our eyes this Christmas to the ways that you want to show up. We are here, open, willing, and now waiting in expectation not wondering if you will show up, but looking for when and how and where you will show up. Amen. Okay, friends. So this begs one more question. <laughs> well, for me at least, maybe not for you. The question would be, how would I know if God shows up? Like, what, what am I looking for? Is it a miraculous moment? Did the shepherds leave that hostel knowing that they had made an impact on Mary and Joseph? I, we have no idea. So the question is, how could we know that God was showing up to us or through us? I want to read what's probably a familiar passage to you, but listen to it in a different way. This is Galatians 5.22, and it talks about where the Spirit of the Lord is. Here are the ways that you could know the Spirit is in the space. Where are you still thinking about this scripture a little bit different? But listen to it from this lens. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, when God is in a place, the Holy Spirit, when God is in a place, it produces love, joy, peace, it's being patient and kind and good. It's being faithful and gentle, having control of oneself. There's no law against things of this kind. This is how we know that's God, that God has shown up. When we are experiencing things like love and affection and peace 
and just joy. Dude, the fact that the scriptures say the sheep herders let loose when you are partying this Christmas, God is in that space. God is showing up. When you feel that gurgle of anticipation, God is showing up. I want to read it to you in a different translation because I just think it's really beautiful. God brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. These are the things that I can picture each line by line. I can picture places in the Christmas gauntlet uh, where I would maybe experience a stick to in during a difficult time. That's God showing up. That is God's spirit moving in you. What I'd like to do is the band is going to come up and they're going to sing a song over us. But there's paper on the wall near you and writing utensils. What I would love for us to do during this song is to take time to ask and then write up on the wall, where would you like to see God show up this Christmas? It might have been something that came up in our spiritual imagination prayer time. Could be something wholly other than that, a situation that you know is coming, a relationship that you're going to have to lean into this Christmas. Like, where would you like to see God show up this Christmas? I sincerely hope that you poured your heart out onto that wall, that you dreamed big, believing that God is big enough and yet personal enough that God will show up to you. What if we anticipated this Christmas season, not only that God would show up to us, but that God would show up through us? So in reality, we have weeks before Christmas comes. There is ebb and flow to the human experience. There always is. Here would be my encouragement to you in order to keep your hope fresh. When puffy hope temptation sneaks in, here's what I would suggest. Use the Sundays in this Advent series to retune from puffy hope to that gritty kind of real hope. Come back Sunday after Sunday as we look at different characters and different moments in the Christmas story that show us God shows up. Maybe not how you thought, maybe not where you thought, maybe not through who you thought, but God shows up. That is the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. I have one last parting sentence that just stuck with me for the last little bit while I have been preparing this talk. Listen, friends, every moment, planned or unplanned, has the potential to be sacred. The difference is if we actually tune into it. God is present. God does co-create with us. Every moment this Christmas, planned or unplanned, has the potential to be sacred. So with all sincerity, I say to you, God go with you this Christmas.